So the votes have been cast, the ballots have been counted, the new president-elect and vice president-elect have been announced, and the world has let out a collective sigh, which I'm pretty sure you've done so as well, Adij, and I've done so as myself. But I want to know what does this win truly mean? Because to be honest, right now at this point, I feel like I'm extremely uncomfortable with who is in office just as much as who was in office, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense, Dania, and I'm so glad that you brought that up. I feel like what is the real win here is the collective power that we've shown that we have as organizers to be able to truly and completely transform states that people never would have thought would have flipped this fast. Um, So, you know, we've got, you know, Pennsylvania was a huge win. Arizona was a huge win. Georgia was a huge win. And I think what's so exciting is it shows what's possible when we fight against voter suppression because most people are on our team. And I think the true win here is not that we have this magical new president-elect who's going to, you know, do everything that we want him to do and eliminate systemic racism and, you know, all of this that has unfortunately colored our ugly history in the United States. But what it does mean is that for people like us, we get to organize under much better conditions. So uh, the way that I like to think about it is I voted for myself to be the enemy of Joe Biden rather than be the enemy of Right. And so for me, it was like, who would I rather be in the ring with? And I would rather be in the boxing ring with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris than I would be with Trump and Pence. Honestly, I I loved how you started out. I I didn't want to be in this like negative realm of like, okay, I was on this high the day that we found out who our new president is. Now we kicked out Trump and we kicked out his negative rhetoric and how and truly he was truly dangerous. Like I feel like right now the entire world is looking at us, specifically people from Middle Eastern countries, specifically even Palestinians. And they're looking at us dumbfounded. Like, how could you guys vote in somebody, actually two people who are very strong advocates of Israel? And then I sit here and I'm sulking and I'm like, I I do feel like we took out one enemy and put in another enemy, but I genuinely appreciate your perspective on this, which shows that yes, we are stronger together, that we did vote out this evil, egotistical, misogynistic and, and racist president. And now we have this new battleground and we have these new people that we have to fight. But like you said, I feel like this is a fight that I believe is more achievable, a fight that we can easily challenge and we can continue to challenge. And when it comes to Kamala, I feel like, yeah, there's a lot to celebrate there. She is the first female vice president. That's incredible. First black woman, first South Asian to hold this title, to hold and, and to, to become America's vice president. That's that's a lot to take in, to be honest. But at the same time, I know what she's also capable of and what she was capable of in the past. And I know what, you know, what what things and what policies that she has backed up that obviously we don't agree with. But I'm looking at this like in a sense of sometimes we shouldn't focus so much on who's opening these doors for us, but rather we should focus on the fact that now the door has opened. Now that we can also walk through this door, now that it's possible that there are other women that can be become vice president. How did you feel about, you know, having a first female black South Asian vice president? That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, you know me, Dunya, like I am like an unapologetic leftist. And I, I I actually know that I don't believe that representation is the answer, right? Because for example, we have people like Amy Coney Barrett, who is a woman on the Supreme Court, who is absolutely a danger to all of us. 
And um, so I don't I don't really believe in the whole piece of like, oh, it's always good when a woman is in power because it doesn't empower me when the woman is just there to oppress me. It doesn't make me feel better just because the, the you know, boot on my neck has a heel that does not help me. Oh, my God. And I so, love that. <laughs> that is amazing. I want no heeled boots on my neck. And so, you know, in a lot of ways, Kamala is not someone that I, you know, consider a role model or someone that deeply excites me as a politician, given her, uh, you know, history that you you spoke of, particularly on the way that she created policy around crime, et cetera. That being said, I'm not made of stone. And, you know, when I watched her speak and I heard her say, you know, my mother coming from India, I don't think ever would have been able to imagine this moment. I did cry because it, it truly is like for someone like me who is an immigrant to this country, it was beautiful to see. It was it was really incredible to watch the young girls in that audience look at her and say, well, I can be that. And maybe even I can be that and be better. And so it's not just about being first. It's about being best. And so I think if she can inspire a group of women who want to be best to follow in her footsteps um, and, you know, dismantle the systems that hold us back, like I'm all for it. Um, and similar to what you said, like, I think Kamala, you know, she does have an opportunity to be accountable to the people that got her elected. Um, the, you know, particularly black women and in Georgia and across the nation, particularly uh, indigenous people in Arizona, particularly, you know, Muslims in Michigan, we really showed up for them. And so they owe us, you know, like we don't owe them anything. They owe us everything. I, I'm hoping we already sent them the IOU slip in the mail by now, because exactly. I just feel with, with her, with Harris, I feel like, cool, let's celebrate her. I mean, honestly, it's like, yeah, like you said, we're not made of stone. But at the same time, let's also celebrate our achievements because, you know, she isn't somebody that just woke up one day and she's vice president. We voted her in. We were the one that kind of spoke on her behalf and whatnot. So it's honestly, it's our achievement that we should also be celebrating at the same time. Now, both of us, I don't know who else, but we don't have Biden and Harris on speed dial. At least I don't. And I don't have Twitter fingers. So it's like, how can we hold them accountable? How can we raise our voices and let them know immediately once they are really officially in office, our concerns and how can we challenge them specifically with their support of APAC. And again, I don't want this to be just a singular issue where we're only focusing on Palestinians. For me, it doesn't make sense. You can't say I'm not going to impress a certain group of people here in the US, but here I am on the other side of the world. I'm impressing Palestinians, women and children specifically. So it's like you can't uplift women here in the States, but then you're also oppressing women from Palestine and whatnot. So how can we hold them accountable when it comes to these issues? Yeah, I think that's a great question, Dania. And I think uh, the first thing that I think about is the the APAC piece and the support of Israel and the support of, you know, the Israeli military is actually so deeply connected to the police forces here in the United States. I'm sure you know this, that, you know, Israel has, the IDF has come to train people to police in black communities uh, and all across America. And so they're deeply interconnected. I think that's the first thing is we have to realize that it's not a single issue because they are the same issue uh, it, happening in different places to different people. The second piece is that I truly believe that we really need to make sure that we're not letting up on the protesting, the organizing, et cetera. I think it's very easy for us to be like, Alhamdulillah, we won. Like now we get to take a load off for four years. Absolutely not. That's what happened. I think under uh, it's really important to remember that the Black Lives Matter movement happened when a black president was in charge. Barack Obama was the president when Black Lives Matter happened. So just because Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are in the White House, it does not mean that everything is going to stop. I would really like us to, you know, take the lead of the Black Lives Matter movement and just remember that this is the time that we can accomplish the most because we're not in survival mode. 
we can get to thriving mode now if we keep pushing on them. Um, as Muslimin, I think that's like part of one of our pillars. Like we should always stand up for justice. And again, it's not only just standing up for our people, but we also have to stand up for our other counterparts, and especially the black community, because there's not once ever did I ever feel like the black community did not support the Palestinian cause. And I just can't be okay with the fact that they're being oppressed within our own country. You know what I mean? So it's that's something that I think we should always, no matter what, be at the forefront of our mind. And that's not something that we should just use as a hashtag tag and oh, okay we did our part no there's more to it this is actual lives that we're talking about and i think that's why these elections were very very important and that's why i think we focus so much so on who we're voting out but now it's time to kind of shift our perspective and focus on who we voted in so lastly how do we remain hopeful? What do you think what work we can put in to see change come into existence? I think, like you said, protesting is very powerful and just being very vigilant is also powerful and and just, you know, not taking a day off, I guess. I know that sounds crazy, but yeah, I at, at this point in time, we can't, we can't afford taking a day off. One really big point of hope is, like you said, who we voted in and not just at the federal levels, but across the United States, across state legislatures, you know, there were you know, the first trans person that, that, uh, you know, is representing in Congress and the first black gay men that are representing in Congress and the first uh, non-binary Muslim representing in state legislature. There are so many wonderful wins to have. And also people that won their re-election that are some of our greatest allies. For example, Ilhan Omar is a black woman who is one of the greatest allies on that piece. And so I feel like that's that's the type of politician that I am personally deeply invested in and excited about and hopeful that is continuing to win, continuing to be supported and bringing people with them. So like you said, they open the door, but they're also bringing so many people that are like minded to increase their squad numbers, which I think is really dope. So I think that's a really big piece. The other piece of how we can make change. And I do think it's important to say we can't take a day off, but I also invite everyone to really think about rest as a, a part of the resistance. So be in it with us for the marathon. And in order to do that, find places of rest, find places of joy, because that is also resistance. If your way of being is just to spend your life just fighting, 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 and not finding a place to just authentically be you without having to fight, then uh, what are we fighting for? Right? Like I want, I want us all to, to be liberated and be ourselves. And I think one of the best ways that we can fight right now and create change is to do what we can within our personal circles. All of us, unfortunately, and I can guarantee this, Every single one of us has people that are anti-black in our lives or people who are don't understand the, the fight for Palestinian freedom in our lives or whatever the issue may be. And we really do have power in our personal circles. So I would recommend for everybody to just deeply invest in having those tough conversations. We've got a bunch of holiday breaks coming up. Uh, we're all going to be sitting around the table with our families and friends, uh, you know, COVID friendly. hopefully, yes. <laughs> And uh, we have a real opportunity to make sure that uh, not only do we challenge the oppressive beliefs that some of our loved ones may have, but that we also use that time to remind those that are already on our team to keep fighting during this time. That is such a great point because I think more often than not, we think of how can we save the world? How can we go out there and just like speak our mind and try to touch as many lives? But we completely skipped over our own immediate and intimate circle. So I think that's that's why it's really important to start these conversations at home and kind of test out these conversations. See where your family's mindset is at. Why do they believe that Trump should have still stayed in office? I mean, come on, we know some uncles that still wanted to vote Trump back in. And it's like mind boggling, but at the same time, you can't ignore these people in your 
life, you actually have to have these conversations. But I think it's really important to start there, like you said, and then we can go ahead and go outside and tackle the world. But, you know, one step at a time. And, you know, when it comes to rest, I do believe in taking shifts. I feel like, you know, we kind of allow these the activists that we know of, you know, a lot of big names that we kind of almost give them this whole entire responsibility of saving the world. But it's like, what are we doing as well? You know what I mean? How are we helping this cause and, and pushing this cause and challenging the people who are in office? We can't just always rely on people like Linda Sarsour and Tamika and whatnot, and even our congresswoman. It's what can we do in our cities, in our community centers as well, specifically our community centers too. So I think this was such an incredible conversation at age. Honestly, I genuinely look up to you and I really admire the work that you put in. It's incredible. And especially who you work for as well, Pillars. I love the work that you guys all put in and it's just incredible to have that in our community, um, to just have people to genuinely look up to. And I just can't thank you enough. And thank you for doing this on the fly, to be honest. I literally, I messaged, I'm like, Eddie, you're coming on. We're doing this conversation because I can't think of anyone better than you to be honest thank you thank you so much it's truly I receive that and I I send it right back I think your ability to just have authentic conversations and bear your heart is so inspiring and beautiful to me and I know it means so much to so many so thank you for the opportunity and I guess I'll just leave you with this uh this quote from Cornell West that I've been thinking about a lot which is justice is what love looks like in public wow I absolutely love that that is so beautiful honestly thank you I love when we end this on on quotes to be honest because there's like no better way to end it thank you so much Adi it's my pleasure <laughs>